What's up, fellas? Comedian Jason Earls here, and listen, even though sometimes it feels like your hands are tied up, just know I'm fighting the good fight with you. Let's go. Mm. That is not how you fight either. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, guys. My name is Jeremy, and I'll be your host for this Man's Global Livestream. Now today's time is going to be powerful because it addresses the one area no man can afford to do wrong, relationships. Now to help get you ready for today's session, let me share with you a bottom line truth in life. Important relationships get your time and energy. Those that are not important, well they don't. You know it, I know it, the people in our lives know it. You see, giving time, staying connected, rearranging priorities, sacrificing other things to spend time, all that communicates one thing. The other person truly matters to you. Now, another bottom line of life is that really smart men discipline themselves for their most important relationships. And those that don't, well, they wish they did. The reason we have to get this straight is because sometimes we say relationships are important, but if you're not making deposits of time and energy, your words will mean nothing and your connection will dry up. Now this is true with people in your life and it's also true with God. After all, he is a person who feels, who senses, and can recognize the vibe we are sending to him by where we spend our time, how we spend our time, and who we spend it with. Now, if you haven't thought about it lately, your connection to God is really important to God. So are you closely connected to him right now? Well, if not, there is good news. He is waiting for you. If you're close right now, can I give some advice? Stay close. Guard your connection. Don't let anything separate you from Jesus, his love, and his presence. It's a daily battle, believe me. It's full of hard decisions. You will be tested. You'll be tempted. And right now, God is saying, I got you. Don't let go. Now, if you know anyone that needs help coming back to God or wants to stay close to God, you know, sharing this live stream right now will help them. God will show up. Now let's go to Everyman Studios in Southern California and join men's expert and pastor, Kenny Luck, for today's study, part three of The Big If, Staying Close to God. Hey man, welcome to today's global live stream. If you have a Bible, you're gonna wanna hold a spot in John chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible, don't sweat it. We're gonna be putting the verses along the bottom of the screen. We're in part three of a series called The Big If, and the big idea of The Big If is this. In our relationship with God, God speaks clearly to us. Can I get an amen? Men love clear communication, and he speaks clearly to us to give us clear options and clear choices for a close connection. Did you hear that? God speaks clearly to us in his word to give us clear options so that we can make clear choices for a close connection with him. And the clearest way that God speaks to us is when he makes a statement that goes like this. If you will fill in the blank, I will, and then fill in the blank, All right? The Bible is a very iffy book, you could say. In fact, most of its 3,573 promises are conditional, and that means the word if sets up the conditions of the promises that the man of God is supposed to take advantage of. So a smart man 
a man who wants to benefit from the promises of God, a man who wants to get close to God, a man who wants to give glory to God, a man who wants to please God, if he's smart, he would look for places where God speaks and says, if you will, I will, right? I mean, why, why is that guy smart? Well, they're like blank checks that God is writing to us through his promises that, that we can cash and experience the full benefits of a relationship with God. So let's, let's talk about how we're going to go forward today. Uh, you just have to remember three words, elevate, examine, and express, all right? Wherever you are, why don't we just say those, those three words, elevate, examine, and express. The first thing we're going to do this morning is what we've been doing in this series. We're going to elevate God's word. Why do we do that? It's so that we have the right mindset for the second part of the study today, where we're going to examine a conditional promise of Jesus, a big if statement that Jesus makes that's a promise we need to take advantage of. And then third, we're going to look at how to respond. All right, how do we express in a real application the promise of what Jesus is saying so we can get the benefit of it? So let's start by looking at the top of your notes or looking at the bottom of your screen. We're going to elevate God's word. We're going to ask the question, why is the Bible at the center of every battle the man of God will fight? Why is it the first weapon of choice? Well, we find the answer in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and it says this, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Did you catch the spirit of what is said there? And if I was to summarize Hebrews 4.12 in a way that you and I can apply for today, it's that we can't advance in God without regular and close contact with the word of God. Now that statement bears repeating. I can't advance in God without regular and close contact with the word of God. And Hebrews 4.12 unpacks why that is true. The first thing it unpacks is that God's word is alive. Now, what does that mean, that God's word is alive? It means that God meets me. Write that down. When something is alive, you're encountering something, right? And God's word, when you open it, when you, with faith, come to this book and you open this book, God is going to meet you. Secondly, the Bible says that God's word is active. And what does that mean? That means that God ministers to me, right? You can be alive and dormant, or you can be alive and active. So when we come to this book and we open it, God doesn't remain dormant. God starts to minister to you. He starts speaking to you. He starts crawling your life and he starts saying things about the different dimensions and areas and struggles and issues of your journey on earth. The third thing that God's word does uh, is that it penetrates. And what does that mean? 
That means that God confronts me. And I love the language that is in the Bible because there's a, there's a compare and a contrast in Hebrews 4.12 that we need to, to highlight and kind of paint a picture with, right? The Bible says that God's word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And the author of Hebrews is, is calling up uh, a battle form, right? The Romans, who fought many battles, as we all know, and took a lot of territory, uh, they used to relish fighting enemies that used the edge of the sword, right? And what did the Romans know? They knew that if an enemy fought with the edge of the sword, as sharp as it was, there's, there's created armor and there's natural armor and bone that will protect against the edge of the sword. So why did the Romans relish fighting an enemy that used the edge of the, shore, the sword, as sharp as it was? It's because they knew that all it took was a thrust to penetrate just a few inches and you could get to the heart of the matter or you could get to someone's heart. And isn't that an interesting picture where there are a lot of voices that we listen to, there are a lot of opinions that we listen to, there's a lot of news, there's a lot of media out there, but if you want to get to the heart of the matter, you get into this book. And this book doesn't mess around. It penetrates deeply, right? The fourth thing that Hebrews 4.12 says about God's word is that it judges. And what does that mean? It means that God convicts me. So when you come to God's word, it's alive. God meets you. It's active. God starts crawling your life and ministering to you. It penetrates. God confronts you. And then it judges. What does that mean? God convicts you. Just like a penetrating thrust of the tip of a spear, penetrating only a few inches, renders a judgment, okay, which is death, and that ends a life. When you open yourself up to God's word, it will penetrate and then it will judge. It will end a matter. If you want to think about an issue of your life, come to God's word. It will penetrate and it will give you God's mind and that will end the matter. God will say it, you will believe it, and that will settle it, or you won't believe it and you'll reject it, right? And then there's a set of consequences uh, to that. So I love this passage. It, pre it presents a, a very good picture and it answers the question of why the Bible is at the center of every battle a man of God will fight. It's the first weapon uh, of choice. You know, my best friends are Marines. And the first thing that Marines do is they train with their weapon, right? Their rifle. They train with it, they shoot it, but more importantly, they know how to disassemble it and assemble it in the dark. They're very intimate with this weapon. And that is the picture that is painted in Hebrews 4.12. Now, there's another reason why we have to elevate God's word. And it talks about that in Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. Listen to this when it's God and he's talking about the power of his word. He says this in Isaiah 55, as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish 
what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Isn't that an awesome picture of the power of God's word? Not only is it a weapon, not only is it alive and active and it confronts me and it convicts me, but God says when it goes out and it's received in faith, it's gonna get stuff done. So remember this, when my faith in God receives the word of God, it ignites the will of God. I want you to hear that very clearly. When my faith in God receives the word of God, God says it ignites the will of God in my life. What does that mean? It means that God's purposes start flowing in me and then through me and into my world. Wow, that is powerful. So in part one of this study this morning, that's what we've done. We've elevated the word of God. It is central to your life and your faith journey. It's your, it's your weapon of choice that you have to be intimate with. You have to be in it, you have to handle it, you gotta take it in, uh, it penetrates, it judges. It is a powerful weapon and it does accomplish God's purpose for your life. So question, what is your relationship with the word of God? Are you handling it? Are you opening it? Are your eyes falling to it? Is your mind processing it? Are you taking it in on a regular basis? Because ignorance to the word of God means defeat in the battle for faith in God. A lot of us are losing the battle for faith because we're not using the, the main weapon that God has provided and we have to be intimate with it. So now let's go to the second part of our study, which is we're gonna examine uh, a statement by Jesus, which is a conditional promise that uses the word if. And we want to receive this word so that we can ignite the will of God and experience the promise of God. And we find this next big if statement in John chapter 15, and the theme of it is remaining or staying closely connected uh, to Jesus. Listen to his words in John 15, verses five through eight. Jesus says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Very powerful words, very powerful promises. The key theme is remaining in Christ, or another way to put it is just staying closely connected to Christ. So we have to focus on that. If the promise is, if I remain, then I'm gonna bear a lot of fruit. There's gonna be a lot of spiritual productivity. God's gonna be close to me and I'm gonna accomplish a lot versus nothing. Then we gotta figure out what does remaining look like on a practical level? And number one, write this down, remaining means remembering who is who. Remembering who is who. You know, I'm a dad, I have three kids and there were certain times in my relationship with my kids when they forgot who is who. Who's the parent? Who's the child? who has authority, who doesn't, and who determines 
what's going on in any given moment or situation. And when they did, they very quickly found out who was who, right? And that's kind of what Jesus means when he says, I am the vine, you are the branch. It's a positional statement that has just within it everything that you would imagine a positional thing, even just like a parent, they make a positional statement like, I'm the dad, right? That means that I have the authority, I have the control, and nothing's gonna happen unless I get involved, right? Same thing with, I'm the vine and you're the branch. It defines the relationship, listen, and when that statement defines the relationship, it should reset your attitude, right? There's Jesus, and he's the vine, and I'm the branch. One is dependent on the other, right? So remaining means remembering who is who. And the Bible always kind of reminds us of that. When you go to God's word, it's gonna remind you of who God is and who you are. In Ecclesiastes 5.2, it says this, do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven. You are on earth, so let your words be few. Another positional statement that results in an action. More of this and less of that. Why? Because he's the vine and I'm the branch. He's the creator and I'm the created. Right? He knows more, is more powerful, and can see the future. I don't. What does that mean? More listening and less talking. I think we all can, can understand that. When someone knows more uh, than us, uh, we put ourselves, we reset ourselves uh, positionally in our attitude, right? And that is we, we take on a learning posture and a listening uh, posture, right? It talks about that in 1 Peter 5, verses 5 and 6. says this, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. So we see that when God declares who he is, when God makes a positional statement, it resets our attitudes and it resets our actions. Our action is that we talk less and that we come under God. We humble ourselves before him. And that is the secret, Jesus says, to remaining in God and God delivering his promises. He's the vine, we're the branch. Just remember who is who and you'll be remaining in Christ. Secondly, Jesus says that remaining means reflecting the source. Remaining means reflecting the source. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, right? I just, I just had a couple of fruit trees uh, delivered to my house that we planted. And uh, I knew exactly what both of them were because they were uh, semi-mature uh, trees. And one tree had these little orange balls hanging from it. And uh, I knew immediately uh, when the guy was carrying it in, orange tree. And another one, not so visible, but I could see the fruit, uh, that was a mango tree, right? And Jesus is saying to us that when you're remaining in him, when you're closely connected to him, Stuff is coming out of you that reflects that you are in him. 
He talks about this a lot in the New Testament, and one of those instances is in Luke chapter 6, verses 43 to 45. Jesus says this, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Listen to what he says next. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. I love what Jesus says. You recognize the tree by the fruit. You know what's inside of something by what's coming out of something, right? And if we're remaining in Christ and he lives in us and we're staying closely connected to him, we are going to reflect the source that is inside of us. People will recognize stuff. Well, what do they recognize? if we're remaining in Christ and we're reflecting the source. Well, they'll recognize two things, the character of Christ and the conduct of Christ. Those two things come out of the man who's remaining in Christ, his character and his conduct. And what should that look like? What does the, the character of Christ and the conduct of Christ looks like? Well, it, it describes the, the fruit of Christ's spirit in Galatians 5, and 23, it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How do I know that a man is staying closely connected to Christ? Well, I'll see him bearing the fruit of Christ's character and Christ's conduct, and it's gonna feel like more love, more joy, more peace, definitely more patience, more kindness, goodness, loyalty and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow, just saying all those words makes me want them all. And isn't that what the world needs coming out of the hearts of men? The character of Jesus in those ways. The conduct of Jesus in those ways. Just think about the people in your life. Couldn't they use a little bit more character and conduct of Jesus? Wouldn't that be just such a huge benediction and blessing upon their lives? So let's review. Remaining means remembering who is who. Remaining means reflecting the source. Third, remaining means depending or dying. That's what Jesus says here. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. If you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. What does that look like? Well, remember who you are and who he is. Remember that remaining means reflecting the source. And third, remaining means depending or dying. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That is strong language. When anytime someone uses the word, you can do nothing, uh, that's definitive. Uh, you talk about a word that renders a judgment that is confronting and that is convicting. I mean, Jesus basically just says, you know what, in this journey of faith, in this relationship with God, you know, apart from me, nothing's going to happen. In fact, he goes on to say, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away is withers, is picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Hello? Now that is not a good outcome. 
But that's what happens when we try to live a life for God without a close connection to God. And we're not disciplining ourselves to take time to talk with God, take time to get his mind in his word, take time to serve God. We're like a branch that's disconnected from the vine. And when we're disconnected, we're isolated. And when we're isolated, we're easy prey for the world and the flesh and the devil. Don't you see how important remaining in Christ is? Either we're depending on Christ right now at this moment or we're dying without him. And it doesn't matter if you are a person who wants to begin a relationship with Christ and you're ready to start depending or you have a relationship with Christ but you're not depending on Christ. In both cases, that person is dying spiritually. They're withering. They're going to get picked up and, and thrown into the fire. They're going to get burned, right? So we got a couple of choices. We can remain in Christ and we can bear fruit or we can wither, get thrown into the fire and be burned. I think I'm going with remaining and bearing fruit. How about you, right? So what is Jesus saying when he talks about, apart from me, you can do nothing? It's this. There's no advancing spiritually, listen, without depending on Jesus aggressively. You can't advance spiritually unless you're depending on Jesus uh, aggressively. Now, the question is, what is aggressive dependence on Christ right now in your life? look like. Talks about this in Jeremiah chapter 17, just talking about a man who's in relationship with God. And I want to, I want to highlight this picture. It says this in Jeremiah 17, but blessed is the one, all right, identifies a type of person. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Now there's two phrases that I want us to really hone in on. And the first phrase is planted by the water. And the next phrase is never fails to bear fruit. You see the connection? When a tree which represents your life, is planted by the water, the living water, right? You never fail to bear spiritual fruit. But then he makes this statement at the end, which is so interesting. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? What's so interesting is that Jesus can say, I'm the vine, you're the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The Bible can say, you know what? That person is like a tree planted by water and it never fails to bear fruit, and then we can, knowing that, turn to a different source. And we can sink our roots into materialism, we can seek our, sink our roots into narcissism and self-importance, we can sink our roots for meaning and advance as men into hedonism and pleasure and the next sensation or thrill, thinking that it will deliver what we need to have a strong life in God and a strong life in people. And that's what Jeremiah is talking about. It's like the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I know in my life I've made choices like that where I've chosen to pull myself away 
from planting myself next to Jesus, remaining in Jesus, staying closely connected to Jesus, thinking that some other thing is going to give me what only Jesus can give, only to wither and get thrown into the fire and get burned or wounded. You know, on this topic of planted by the water and never fails to bear fruit, Jesus says to a woman in Samaria at a well, he says, if you would have come to me for a drink, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water. And you see, she, he's pointing out to her, you know, you're going to this well for physical water. You're also going to an emotional and, and, and other wells to try to fulfill your longings inside. But you would have asked me for a drink. I would have given you living water, listen, that springs up to eternal life. So if the promise is, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, we gotta be good at remaining. And what does remaining look like practically today? It means remembering who is who. It means reflecting the source. And it means depending desperately on Jesus at every turn or we die. We wither, we get thrown into the fire, and we get burned. Now, the fourth thing that Jesus says that remaining looks like, right? And remaining is going to transact the promise that we're gonna be fruitful and have a productive life in him. Fourth thing he says is that remaining means possessing God's word. I don't know if you remember uh, this campaign. We, I, I saw it all over, usually when you're watching sports, but it was a Gatorade ad, and the Gatorade ad said, is it in you, right? And so, of course, the person's drinking Gatorade, and they're comparing sort of that thing inside of, 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 of athletes you know, that, that makes them a champion. It's that thing that separates them from others, that things that gives them the edge or the advantage, and that thing inside of them that gives them more victories and defeats. Man, that preaches. And they ask the question, is it in you? Right? Except for, as a man of God, it's not Gatorade that gives you the edge. It's not Gatorade that makes you a champion versus a chump. It's not a, a Gatorade drink that separates you spiritually from others or gives you that edge or that advantage or more victories than defeats, it's the word of God. Question for you, is it in you? Because that's what Jesus says. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain, where? In you, ask whatever you wish, right? There's an alignment, there is a power, there is a transaction that when you are in the word of God and you know who is who and you're depending on Christ and you're taking his words in you, man, that facilitates the active and powerful plan of God in your life. Jesus talks about this. In fact, the best huddle that Jesus had was right before he went to the cross and um, he meets with the disciples in John 14, 15, and 16, and then he starts talking to the Father about his process with his men. Listen to this discussion out of John 17. He says to his heavenly Father, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the words. You gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. Did you hear that? 
Jesus says, you know, this process that I was in with the men who followed me, uh, and now they're gonna remain, I gave them the words that you gave me, and they accepted them. You see, uh, Jesus can speak words, uh, but we have a choice once he speaks them. We can accept them and internalize them, or we can reject them and retreat from them. Did you hear that? When God speaks through his word, you have a choice. He's not gonna twist your arm, you're not a robot. You have a will and you can make a choice with that will to accept and internalize what he says or you can reject and retreat what he says and remain disconnected and autonomous. That's not remaining. Accepting and internalizing God's word, Jesus says, possessing God's word when it's in us, that's how we remain. And that's why every morning we're in this book, man. It's, it's our weapon of choice. It is oxygen for our relationship with God. We have to be in God's word to advance in God's plan for our lives. Now let's go to the last aspect of what remaining looks like. Number five, remaining means making God known. Now we hear Jesus in this conversation after he offers this promise, what the end game of remaining in him actually does. And we read about it in John 15. He says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And I want to unpack just that statement, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Right? What does he mean when he says, this is to my Father's glory? Well, remaining in him is to the Father's glory, remembering who is who is to my Father's glory. Reflecting the source is to my Father's glory. Depending desperately on me is to my Father's glory. Possessing my word, having his words remain in us, that is to my Father's glory. So all that is to my Father's glory. What's the end game? He says that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You see, remaining in Christ means making God known. We're supposed to be visible. Kind of reminds me of when, when Jesus said, you know, you don't take a light, you put a cover on it. Nope. If you have a light, you put it on a mantle, a place where it can permeate a space, right? I mean, Jesus calls us the light of the world. Why? Because you're supposed to permeate the space that you occupy. I don't know where you are right now. You might be in your house, and in your house is your wife and kids. You're supposed to permeate that space with the love and light of Christ in you through remaining in him. Some of you are getting in your cars and headed back to work. You're supposed to permeate that space and show yourself and show your connection to God in that space and the way you work and the excellence with which you do things and the loyalty that you show and the diligence in your work and the value that you add, all right? Some of you are at work, all right? Some of you are with friends doesn't matter where you are, anywhere we are, the disciple of, of Christ is showing himself. Hey, this is my connection. I'm remaining in Christ. And when I remain in Christ, I bear fruit and I show myself to be connected to him. Now, there's a lot of ways that we can show how we're connected to him. It talks about that one way in Philippians chapter 2, and it gives us a picture of how it feels to those who are connected to us. It says this, 
Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you can become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. You know what's so great about being a man of God? You know what's so great about being the branch that's connected to the vine? You know what's so great about being connected to Jesus today is that all I have to do is depend and remain in him and then his character and his conduct start flowing out of my life. What does it look like practically? I'm content. I'm not grumbling. I'm not arguing. I'm grateful and I'm connecting. And I'm doing that around people who are anxious and who are grumbling and who are arguing and who are disconnected from God and disconnected from people. And you know what the Bible says? Then I shine among them, those who do not know God, like stars in the sky, as I hold firmly to the word of life. And you know what's so great about the men's global live stream? It's just a bunch of guys together and we're saying by where we place ourselves and who we place ourselves with and what we take in that we we don't want to let go. We want to cling. We recognize that Jesus is the vine and I'm the branch and I have to cling. I have to stay connected to him in order for my spiritual life to advance. That's what's so awesome. And as we do this every Thursday morning, we're going to start shining. Why? Because we are remaining. We're remembering right now who is who. We're focused on reflecting the source, right? We're depending right now on God and his word. We're possessing his word. We're taking it in. It's in us. And then after we leave this meeting and as you go back out into your life, you're going to start making God known. That is a promise. Now, I know that when Jesus says, I'm the vine and you're the branch and apart from me, you can do nothing, that there are forces in your life that want to sever that connection. There are forces that want to disconnect you from God and isolate you from all of those amazing things that happen when we're closely connected and experiencing fully God's plan for our lives. I know it's a battle. And when I was thinking about this study and Jesus' promise, you know, that if we remain in him, we're going to bear a lot of fruit. A lot of stuff's going to happen in our lives, going to come out of our lives that we want and we need to happen. And the people around us, they want that and they need that to happen. Um, I was thinking, gosh, when are the moments when this whole study becomes real? It's, it's a moment when I can turn to men around me. I can turn to people's opinion. I can turn to the world. I can turn to myself as the source of life, or I can turn to God. And isn't that describe a man who remains? That at every turn on the journey, at every moment, every intersection, we turn to God. That's what it means to remain. We're turning to God. And it talks about that throughout scripture. I just cherry picked a couple instances where there are pictures of guys turning to God and they're expressing how they think about God and remaining in him. In Psalm 71, the psalmist writes this, in you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. 
Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Boy, that guy knows who's in the A position and who's in the B position, and he's taking the right actions, saying the right things, identifying where his protection is, where his refuge is, right? His rock, his fortress, his refuge. And I love when he says, be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Just know that when you are at a crossroads, with people or work or whatever issue in your life, you can always turn to God. That's how you win the battle, to stay connected and remain. Just let God be your first go-to, right? You know, we say that in relationships, oh, that person's my go-to, or my BFF's my go-to, or this guy's my go-to. If you're a man of God, God is your go-to. He's the vine, you're the branch. Every issue in your life, go to God. In Psalm 63, the psalmist says this, because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. You know that that reminds me of, and maybe you have an item or a strap or a shoe or a watch band that has Velcro on it. You know what Velcro is? Velcro is, uh, and you can't see it unless you put it under a microscope, uh, one part of the Velcro is a bunch of uh, little ringlets, right? little ringlets like this, and the other part of the, that hooks onto it is all a bunch of, of, of little hooks. So when you, when you put Velcro on and it makes that sound, you're hearing the hook come out of the ringlet, all right? It, it clings one to the other. Vine, branch, hook, ringlet, I don't care how you contextualize it, but that's the picture Jesus is presenting. It's like, you have to cling to me. That's what the psalmist says. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. You are my help. Is that your posture toward God right now? Now, there are some of you that are watching right now and you've forgotten who he is and who you are. You've forgotten who is who. And today you need to confess and declare with your mouth once again that he is the vine and you are are the branch and you're dependent on him. There are some of you who are affiliated to Jesus. You would name yourself branch. Yeah, sure, I'm connected to Christ, but you're not bearing fruit. You're not reflecting the source and it's because you're acting in self-sufficiency. You wake up every day and you run past God's word and you run past prayer and you run past God's people and you skip your men's meeting and church is, uh, uh, is an option for you. That's all not remaining in Christ. And there's some of you that need to repent because you can see by the fruit of your life that you're not connected to, to Jesus. Uh, there are some of you who are depending on everything except Christ. You know Christ and you know he's there and you know what he's capable of doing and you know that he wants you to depend on him, but you're depending on yourself. Uh, you're depending on other people to advance you. You're, you're depending on opinions of people. Uh, you're depending on everything and you're turning to everything except God's word. It's not in you. And you need to repent and you need to say, God, guess what? Today, I'm gonna stop depending on these things. I'm gonna start depending on you. And then that leads us to just your relationship with God's word. You know, is it in you? I'll ask you again, is it in you? Is it giving you the edge? Is it advancing your relationship with God? Is it, is it making you a champion in the faith versus a chump who's not connected to God's word? Is it giving you more victories than defeats? I can chart 
the victories and defeats in my life by my daily connection to this book. The more I'm in this book, the more victories I have. The less I'm in this book, the less victories I have. It's just a fundamental thing. You gotta be intimate with your weapon. You gotta know how to use it and you have to deploy it uh, in your life. And then there are some of us, we're ready. We are, we are remembering who is who. We are reflecting the source. We are depending on, on God and we are possessing his word. But now we have to realize what the end game is. We gotta show ourselves. We gotta show ourselves to the world and you show yourself by showing up. There are people next to you right now in your life that you need to show up in their life. There's employees, you need to show up at their cubicle, right? And you need to present yourself. You need to ask them how they're doing. There's neighbors and friends, you need to show up. You need to bear the fruit of Christ in that life. And people will recognize who is in you by the fruit that's coming out of you. You showing up, you serving, you getting involved, you taking up that space. Because God wants to glorify himself through you today. And that's how we're gonna close Part three of the big if. Jesus says, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit and you will show yourselves to be my disciples. That's how I'm gonna pray. Would you receive this prayer? Bow your heads with me. Jesus, today, we declare that you are the vine and we are the branches. And apart from you, we can do nothing. Forgive us for forgetting. Forgive us for forgetting that we need to turn to you. Forgive us for forgetting that we need to depend on you. Forgive us for forgetting that you want to be uh, fruitful in this relationship. You want our connection to you to leak on other people so that they can see you in us and in our transformation and through us and feel love and feel joy and feel the patience of God and the kindness of God and the gentleness of God and the command of God over our lives. God, forgive us for treating your word uh, like an accessory versus like oxygen on a daily basis. Lord, even as we have breath and life physically, Lord, help us to see your word like oxygen every day that without it, Lord, the life of God starts ebbing out of us. And Lord, right now our world is, is confused. Our world is unsure. There is so much uncertainty, but for every man listening to this video podcast, Lord, we're here by intention and by design. We're refueling, we're renewing, we're recommitting because that uncertain and confused world needs to know what we learned this morning, that you're the vine, that you're the source, that you're the meaning of life. And if we're connected to you, we have life. Jesus, thank you that you are the way that you are the truth and you are the life. We receive your life right now. Come into our lives, fill us with your life. And Lord, in the days to come right now, help us to remain in you and bear a lot of fruit. In Christ's name we pray. And God's men said, amen. Well, God bless you. It's been awesome to be together with you. It's been awesome to apply God's word by just staying connected to the vine. If you know someone, who doesn't have a connection like this, they're not a part of a men's faith community, please tell them about the men's global live stream every Thursday morning. You know, we did a survey uh, at Everyman Ministries about this kind of season of kind of coming out of COVID and, and transitioning. And you know what the men replied with? 
that their greatest need was. It wasn't help addressing pornography. It wasn't help in relationships. Uh, it wasn't help at work. It was, I need another man in my life. That was number one, you know? The, the, the best way for the men and friends and brothers in your life to accelerate their life in God is to be with men of God. And that's why we're here at everymanministries.com. So until next week, God bless you and be the branch. Thanks for watching our national broadcast. If you felt connected to today's message, there's a couple of things that you can do. First, you can subscribe to our daily devotionals. Each day, you will receive via email a new man's daily devotional for you to go deeper in your walk with God. Now, second, you can sign up and be a subscriber to our Everyman platform. We have hundreds of custom curated curriculums for you and your men to do Bible study together. We also have special documentaries, films, and even music from our Dangerous Good Conference. We want you to be a part of our growing community of men that are being transformed daily to become what God always intended them to be. Now to subscribe, just go to our website at everymanministries.com and sign up today. Thanks so much for watching and God bless.